Jan Arden Podcast. You are joining us today, and it's show 70-something. What just buzzed? Is that oh, me? I got a... That was me. I, you want to oh. edit? No, no, I do, oh. don't, don't edit a thing. This is oh. real life. This is real. Welcome. I was actually, ironically, going to mute my <laughs> phone and my watch, so I didn't have this happen, but that was uh, the uh, Amber Alert stay-at-home orders for Ontario. Oh. Well, welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast, where, where bleep's just <laughs> getting real. Anyway, hi. Uh, we do have theme music that I just ruin all the time. Uh, Adam is getting Amber Alerts. So the Amber Alerts, these are for people to stay in their regions in Toronto, correct, Adam? Yes. This is actually, I'm reading the message that just popped up. I don't know if this is a specific Amber Alert, but it's the same messaging and it's that same same tone oh so it's not it's there's 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 not a there's not a lost child but this no. is an alert system that is telling you torontonians to stay in your damn regions all of ontario actually a stay-at-home order is in effect only leave home for essential purposes such as food health care vaccines exercise or work it's the law stay home save lives okay well we're out we're, we're off and running uh our guest today joining us once again is julie van rosendahl and julie First thing out of her mouth, she said, listen, I'm knee deep in, you know, the follow up to Buttergate. <laughs> I'm knee deep in butter. It's not unusual for me. No. And just I writing, do love butter. I, I, I want to make sure that I do stick to a topic today. So mm-hmm. what I wanted to talk about, um, and we will get to Buttergate and we will get to the Toronto stuff that's going on, although I hate to burden people with COVID stuff all the time. In my humble opinion, there's something very interesting happening globally. And it is, it's because of COVID and it's because of change and it's because of having to adapt. It's because of having our freedoms curbed. Can I use that word? Curbed? Um, The planet is grieving. There's just a blanket of grief. And grief is a very interesting thing because everybody manifests grief in a really different way. Sometimes it comes out as anger, rage, um, depression, anxiety. Uh, Everyone deals with it in a different way. There's no one way through grief. There just isn't. So how are you guys feeling? Julie, I'll start with you just with what that grieving process looks like and you know, if indeed Ugh. you would you would call it that, like I know that sigh was like, where do I start, right? But do, you, <laughs> do you feel like you're doing that? I would. I I, I would call it grieving. I th- I think everyone is grieving for different things and and small things and things they can't quite place. They can't quite identify what it is they're grieving. Uh, I, I feel like this stage of the pandemic has been the hardest so far. You know, w- we don't have a clear end in sight. We don't have the the usual sort of summer and and spring plans to look forward to, you know, just grieving, having things to, to look forward to is, is hard. I, uh, I lost my dog in November and I'm still grieving his presence, you know, and, and my teenager isn't as cuddly as he used to be. So there, you know, there are all these layers. I, I feel like I'm reacting by throwing myself into work. Right. So, so this butter thing has been, kind of a, a big deal for me because I've been so focused on researching and talking to people and, and it's a, d- a distraction, you know? Uh, but I think people are, are 
as you said, they deal with grief in different ways and, and finding different ways to, the, you know, though daily walks are not cutting it anymore. <laughs> Netflix isn't cutting it anymore. All those, those things that distracted us in the early days are not having the same effect there as now, as they were. But what do you do with it? Like grief is something, and we're all very reluctant to talk about it. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, that proverbial elephant in the room of, you know, do you ask, do you legitimately continue to ask people how they're doing? I think it's important to yes. check in with people and just to say, you know, what's happening and how are you feeling? And um, it does feel like a long stretch, but I guess in the big scheme of things, this, you know, past 13, 14 months is not even a drop in a drop in the bucket because life just, you know, we're, we're not here for very much time. So we feel like this is being stolen from us somehow that the time is being stolen. Well, and I think people, there are people who are going through incredible losses, illnesses, losing family members, um, not being able to visit their loved ones in the hospital, not being able to, to attend funerals or, or be there when the people they love are, are sick or dying. And that's, that's huge. So I think that, you know, makes me feel like I can't complain. I have it, you know, I'm fine. I'm safe and at home. I'm not sick. Um, but there, there are a range of, of, uh, of things people are dealing with. And, and just because, you know, people, there's, there are always people who have it worse. Doesn't mean what, what we're going through isn't hard. Well, did that make sense at all? Yeah, it, no, it does make sense. And I, and I think we're, we're hard on ourselves because Mm -hmm. what, what, I kind of heard you saying is that I have no right to grieve. I have no right to feel down because I am so much better than other people. And I think we have to be mindful of that, mm-hmm. that conversation because that's not the truth. Exactly. That this was my point. You know, we, we all have a right, you know, yeah. even, even the man in the castle on the hill, mm-hmm. you know, we have to understand, I think we all know at this point in our, in our lives that money doesn't, bring you happiness it certainly makes life easier but the guy in the castle on the hill you know is they have issues too and I think we we can't judge how people grieve or how they get to grieve or if they even get to grieve Mm -hmm. because of social status because of money because of what you have how big your house is how big your yard is you know the stuff that you have grieving is it's a level playing field you know when you lose your mom you lose your mom Mm-hmm. When you lose a child, you lose a child. It that that has no social implications. So we tend to be we tend to kind of be pointy fingers at us. Oh, you have you have no right to feel down. Look what look what you have. Mm-hmm. And we can't let it work that way. It just. I feel like most of us put it on ourselves. You know, I think we have agreed that we. It's okay to you know lie in bed all day. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve things that you know, happened a long time ago. And, um, and I, and I really feel for all the people who are expected to work double time, you know, we've got people at home and not able to work, but then so many of my friends are, you know, in the hospitals, they're at schools and they are like in grocery stores working at the front lines and working harder than they ever have. So there's that sort of dichotomy. But I think that you know, that, that's something we put on ourselves that we, you know, I feel badly being sad um, over, over losing my dog or, or over, you know, whatever circumstances are hard because other people are dealing with such bigger things. 
I think too, the, the thing that people forget is that life is not a beer commercial. And we are sold this bill of goods from the time we're little kids about happiness being the default setting in a human body. Happiness is the end all be all. It's the goal. It's what everyone strives for. And we know from the time that we, you know, have mental independence from our parents and that we start thinking for ourselves and realizing that we are these singular entities that it's really difficult being a person and that the default state that we, that we think is supposed to be happiness all the time, these little bouts of whatever this is that we're going through, this grief, these transitions, these changes are just as important and just as, just as much a normal part of human life than joy or happiness or serenity. And I don't know why we suddenly think that we can skip all of that stuff, that we can skip the obstacles, that we can Mm -hmm. remove obstacles from our children, that we're we're supposed to be happy all the time. That's not what it is. Adam, how are you dealing with just grieving? We've got a couple minutes left in this segment. I have a, a lot to be very thankful for and happy about. But see how you started that? You're okay. trying to negate the fact that you can feel sad and that you can feel guilt. So you, you already did that. You, you, gave it, you gave us a caveat. I know I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It's been a year of missed family. I'm not saying I haven't gotten together with my family but, or seen them. We see them all the time. But like it was Passover a couple of weeks ago. I didn't, we did, that's a real special family time. You for had us. to and pass over Passover. We did have to pass over two years in a row. And, <laughs> and like just special occasions. I know that the, with my friends, we have some traditions. We, we have a big family New Year's Eve party. That didn't happen with yeah. a bunch of families. Uh, another good friends of ours, they have a great backyard with a pool and they do two big events in the summer, one with all the families and the kids and another night, just the couples. And all of these did not happen. And as a parent with two young kids, I've thought about this. My wife and I have not had a night off in over a year. There's been no sleepovers, no. God, I thought you were going to say my wife and I have not (laughs) had sex in three years and this did not help. No, I I get that. But do you think there's traditions and things that are replacing that? Like, have you found that there's things that you're going to look back on at this piece of time and really treasure? We would not have done that had it not been for COVID, would not have realized that. So good things do come out of bad things. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but I, I just, uh, yeah, it is, it, it has been difficult, but I don't, you guys think you're finding out just how tough you are? Yeah. And how much stronger you are than you thought. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And you are doing it and you continue to do it. And not only that, you're probably helping people around you and, and propping them up. It's amazing what we as a society have figured out we can actually do, you know, <laughs> we, all this time we thought, oh, we can't do that. We can't, this is too, well, we can do that, that we can and do on that. And, and don't lose that train of thought. Cause you're listening to the Jan Arden show. I'm with Julie Van Rosendahl and, Adam Karsh, we're going to be right back after this short break.
Welcome back to the Jan Arden Show and podcast and Variety Hour. Uh, Julie Van Rosendaller is our guest today, Adam Karsh. These guys, it's very hard for me to stop Julie and Adam in between segments from talking because they're creating a whole other show inside the show. So I've been quite rude to them uh, today, just going, stop talking in between the breaks because we're going to come back. <laughs> Save it. So what Adam was saying before I so rudely just no, no, no. cut him off, <laughs> just that he, he and, and this will resonate with me, Adam, I need a break. My wife and I need a break. What does that mean? A break from what? I think like we haven't had a night out. We haven't had a, a quiet morning sleep in. The girls, my girls have four loving and active and involved grandparents that would be happy to take them for a sleepover or a whatever. And not that we see, we see my parents and Reese's parents all the time. I don't think a week goes by where we don't at least have a porch gathering, but they used to take the girls for sleepovers and stuff. So we could go and that out. That doesn't happen now. Hasn't happened. Like no anniversary, romantic dinners. How can you, how can you find a way back into that? realm like could the girls not be part of you guys planning an evening could they maybe serve you the dinner maybe could, oh yeah you know I mean, could they'd like that could, i mean i mean i think i think this is a time absolutely to exercise our creativity like how can the girls be part of that and then you send them off into the basement onto the beanbag couch <laughs> and have them watch a movie while you guys do have a moment and and Adam, offer them money. I'll give you oh, 10 yeah. bucks each. Chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. Is, chocolate well, is I'll give you whatever. I think, you know, kids can take a bribe yeah. oh, and, yeah. and just say, here, it's seven o'clock. You girls cannot come up here till, till 9.30. <laughs> and here's 10 bucks. And here's a bag of candy. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I think we have to get creative. Julie, thoughts? I agree. My sisters and I used to play restaurant all the time for my parents and we would make <laughs> menus and we would set the table and we would, you know, one of us would go to take an order. I was in the kitchen, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean, it could be a whole thing, but I, I love how creative people are getting. I love the efforts that we're going to, to connect with the people who are more, most important to us in, in different ways, you know, door drops and porch visits. Uh, I was out walking last summer and walked up the hill uh, in my neighborhood and it just sort of happened to peek. It wasn't peeking into their backyard, but I noticed an, an elderly couple in their backyard in sort of the, the shed, one of those old kind of, you know, tin sheds. It was all opened up. They had lights inside. They had a little table for two. They were, they were eating, you know, it was like a little restaurant set up. Yesterday yeah. I was out walking, walking and, and noticed a couple in their car <laughs> parked along the side of the road, eating lunch in their car. And it's like, this is what you got to do, right? Let's go out, take some pick up, pick up some food. Yeah. Sit, sit in our cars. We're not at home and, uh, and do what we got to do. And at least, you know, we're all in the same boat in that sense, right? Like, you know, it's not, we're not feeling like, oh, you know, poor me, I'm missing out on these, these special occasions. Everyone's missing out on them. And I feel like that um, is reassuring to, to a lot of us. Maybe we have, it's time really to shift the focus because I think people thought this would be over in four months then it was six months and it was 10 months. And I think yeah. we're realizing that we do have a ways to go. Um, you know what I don't think we're going to, sorry, go ahead, Julie. 
sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it reminds me of, remember going to aerobics or jazzercise? Did you ever go to jazzercise class? And they'd no. be like, they'd be like, three more, two more, <laughs> one more, 10 more. And you'd be like, oh, you know, nine more, eight more, 12 more. And you're like, I just, just thought I was done. It's because they think you, you know, you can get there because you're so close. And then they drop another 10 reps on you. Well, has this not given us all sort of that little glimpse into you cannot live in the past any more than you can live in the future and you must be where you are. So, and this was, has always been the lesson since the time of Buddha or Socrates or Siddhartha. I mean, whatever they have taught us that the moment is the thing to be in that moment. So we all find displeasure in looking behind us and seeing what was, we can't be there. You cannot yeah. be there because it's making us all bitter. And we cannot look forward because it is, it's always been uncertain. It'll be uncertain for people that are living on this planet a thousand years from now. Mm -hmm. The future will not be predictable. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we have to be where we are. Yeah. So live in the now. Uh, live, live where we are and, and create those new opportunities and reconfigure things and rethink things. And we see the people that are doing that well. And we see the people that are doing that unwell. I mean, I, most of my friends have absolutely moved away from last March. They've just, I don't want to live there and I don't want to live. This could be like this for us for, you know, two or three years, especially in the industry I'm in and the industry that you're in Julie as well. And Adam, but Adam has said many times on this show that he's happy to keep working from home. <laughs> in my um, but yeah. Julie is, uh, you know, you're very much in the hospitality industry, in the food industry in that entertainment of, and, and I think that's what people miss the most is going out for dinner, going to a movie, being with people and meeting new people and getting dressed up yeah. so that you can catch somebody's eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to catch somebody's eye with a mask on and rubber boots and maybe orange shorts. I, I should plan this out better. Depends on the people you're trying to attract, but no, it's those daily little interactions too, right? It's going to the grocery store and, and going for, you know, coffee, doing all the things. But I, I do like that. There isn't that sort of sense of you should be doing something. I should be, what's everyone doing? Where should, I should be out. I should be going to this place or going to that place. Um, I kind of uh, do like the, the calm that's come with this. Uh, the reduced pressure to always be somewhere or doing something. But, um, but yeah, those do you social... not find people more friendly in general. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm mm -hmm. Adam. Would you not agree, Adam? Like just more friendly. People are very friendly. And I think empathetic because everyone knows what we're all going through with this. And I find people very, very friendly, very communicative. But, but why is it that the ornery ones are getting the headlines still? They're stealing those headlines, you know, whether it's an anti-masker rally or, you know, someone who's it, it, the, the person in the store that refuses to abide by the rules that someone's filming and that goes viral on. Like, why are those people getting the headlines still? So I really do question that about how we operate and maneuver our way through social media, that we still feel like we want to shine a light on negativity or someone being racist in a lineup. And telling people to go back to the country, you know, oh, I mean, but we see that on social media constantly. I really would love to challenge people this next week. You know, if you've got your phones out, which everybody does, 
tape something good. Show it to us on the Jan Arden podcast, mm-hmm. Twitter feed or my feed or Julie's feed or Adam's feed. Mm-hmm. Um, show us good things. And, and I know we do see them, but I still feel like the ones that get the big headlines, the big red flag flying above them is these negative interactions socially. And it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts too. It poison. I think it poisons my mind when I see all this shaming and blaming and calling people out and all this stuff and filming all the arguments and the, yeah. you know, the racist stuff. It, it poisons my mind. Cause I just think, well, what's going on with people and why are we living like this? And why are you doing and this? I, I'm people? not saying it's not important to see that either. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, yeah. and, and Adam, you, you did, you just hit a nerve with me for sure. It is important to see this discord. It is important to see really crappy interactions and people behaving poorly. But I think um, there's a lot of really good people out there that are striking um, a chord of humility and compassion and joy. And I'd like to see them a lot more than we are. I think the difference is, it, you know, it's important to see these these situations, acts of racism happening. Uh, it's important for us to to know that these things are happening. But there are also situations, these, you know, anti-mask rallies that are sort of orchestrated for uh, public reaction, right? They're, they're a spectacle and they're recorded intentionally. And so, um, so I think there's a huge difference between those two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that you, that people are using and utilizing social media to further their, whatever their, their statements. We, we shouldn't even mm-hmm. ever talk about anti-maskers again. Uh, mm-hmm. You're listening to the Jen Arden podcast. We're going to be right back. I'm here with Julie Van Rosendahl, Adam Karsh, Sophia Loren. Okay. I'm not here with Sophia Loren. We're, <laughs> Sophia Loren is not here. We'll be right back. I read the news today. Oh boy. About a lucky man who made the grave. Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast. I am a professional singer. I used to be. I don't know if you guys know that about me, but I, back in the 20s, I was um, a professional singer. Julie just said something really interesting. Once again, I had to cut her off during the break to say, Julie, save that. Very interesting take. Um, And I'm just going to let you start that again. The media depends on those kinds of interactions on those clips uh, for their traction. Anyway, I'm saying it really poorly. Julie, go. No, I'm trying to remember exactly what I said. I think media, social media, traditional media, everyone relies on uh, traffic, right? Web traffic. They like talkers. They like things that people are outraged about that they're going to share within their own networks in order to get traction. about outraged about exactly and Uh. that's people things that are shocking are going to get traction online people are going to share it have you seen this have you seen this and that generates numbers that generates traffic that generates money right like that's how people make a living online based on their their impressions their youtube views their uh, you know their likes and shares and i keep trying to tell my, my teenager this, he'll see these outrageous, you know, videos that have millions of views and it's clearly something that's not real or not true and, uh, and driven by clickbait, right? That's what clickbait is, is all about. These headlines oh, yeah. that say, you'll never guess what sausage is going to give you E. coli, I just saw, you know, and you have to click to see. <laughs> and so I'm trying to explain to him, people make money based on how many people click through and view this, right? So it doesn't yeah. matter 
if it's true or not, it's just, if it's sensationalist and it gets people looking and sharing and sharing with their friends or whatever, that's, that unfortunately tends to drive a lot of, of media and social if media. I was, if I was just getting started in the music business with a band, I would name my band clickbait. <laughs> that's a good one. It's not too late so for all of you guys in the garage right now that have been, you know, sitting in with one light bulb with a string playing rock and roll music, driving your neighbors crazy. You use mm. clickbait. I'm not going to use it. I was thinking of changing my name just for a second, but you guys go ahead and use that. Um, yeah, the, the news has been, I, and I, I talked about this many times in my life. I'm not really a news person. I don't uh, devour news stuff voraciously. My friend Wendy, shout out to my friend Wendy. Um, she does a lot of news and I always appreciate it. And I, she's always up to speed on everything that's going on. And she always watches really interesting things on the news. And I, if someone came up to me on my road and said, have you heard blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, I don't know. I, if it didn't happen here on the road, I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I just saw a Fox run across the road, uh, not Fox news, an actual Fox. <laughs> and uh, it was super cute. <laughs> so I can tell you about that. I, but I find it draining. It can be. And how you curate your news is, is important. You know, how, where, where you source your news from and not, I mean, I think a lot of us have just been sucked down that rabbit hole of, of doom scrolling at night. Right. And, uh, and, you know, just sort of this constant barrage of news and headlines and this is happening and that's happening. Um, I, I often wonder what we would be hearing about and talking about if everything wasn't completely consumed by COVID and pandemic and, you know, our weekly house doc on, on, you know, CBC, what would he be talking about every week? If it wasn't well, travel every week, stories, travel, travel stories, totally. and, um, you know, uh, gatherings and kids, you know, 1,000 violin players got together on the steps of the Vancouver Library today to play Imagine. I mean, oh. exactly. there's yeah. so many things that have been stolen from kids. And yeah. I recognize that as probably one of the biggest tragedies. And, and this goes out to every single one of you parents that have had a graduating um, child. Um, I'm not going to say son or daughter because there's a lot of things that aren't sons or daughters. There's a lot of people that aren't you know, <laughs> representing themselves as a son or a daughter. So kids, I'm just going to say a lot of children out there that have been, that, that opportunity has been stolen from them to stand in front of their classes with their hats and their gowns and to hear their names called out mm -hmm. with, you know, people shoulder to shoulder and clapping. And, and I, I just feel bad about that. I, I hate that kids aren't experiencing that I mean, for me, it was you know throwing up in a field later that day. Yes, you know, yeah. drinking too much and and uh, listening to music from the speaker of a, a truck door, mm -hmm. and then the batteries would die, and we'd have to figure out how to jump. There. Anyways, I'm going too far down that rabbit hole, aren't I? Graduation was a good time. <laughs> Don't get me started on graduation, but yeah, there are a lot of things that that a lot of people have, have lost and are missing out on, but we're also seeing this opportunity to do things in different ways. You know, we do a lot of things because that's the way we've always done them. And our kids should do them this way because we did them this way. But you know, each generation is different and they, this generation communicates in a completely different way than we did. And, uh, and you know, there will be 
time to 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 get together again and celebrate things that we couldn't celebrate together. But this is going to be really memorable, you know. Um, remembering those sort of virtual get-togethers and and I've been getting together with people on Zoom and having dinners and movies that I didn't do before the pandemic, even though we've always lived far apart, you know. So um, I've been making a lot of yeah. sex tapes, but I'm the only person in them. <laughs> You watch. <laughs> oh I've been making God. a lot of sex tapes, but I'm the only person in them. <laughs> it's which is different, right? It's a, it's a different. I don't have I don't have any hits. I have no hits uh, so far. But you know that's fine. I, it's okay. Can you imagine? You need an OnlyFans account. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> you could tell me all these different things that are going on. Um, someone told me about Clubhouse recently. Don't know what Clubhouse is. Someone told me about, do you guys know what Clubhouse is? I've is heard it of it, I don't know. I thought it was a spice that you put on like <laughs> yes, you know, it vegetables. Is. Yes. It's a little, little tins of like, you know, nutmeg and allspice. Yeah. Not anymore. Of course. There's so we many just lost we our know. sponsorship with Clubhouse <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, there, there's, your son, Julie, plays, uh, he, I know he does games. Like I think they, they all do video games now. It's the social interaction, right? He's got the headphones on, the microphone. He's talking to his friends. His friends are on screen. So I don't want to kick him off. No, but no. In, in the before time, he was, uh, he was into improv, right? He, and so now there's no, there's no improv. There aren't shows happening. And, um, and sports, of course. He wasn't into sports. Why can't so somebody do improv are, Zoom? They did. They tried it for a while with with Loose Moose Theater Company in Calgary, and I think it just didn't have the same didn't have the same effect. But uh, well, you don't have that audience. People, yeah, exactly. People forget. I think there's a lot of you know famous people out there that have been jonesing for someone to adore them, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to just be. I think every musician that's an egomaniac has been trying to figure out how to play in New Zealand. <laughs> but there's that you feed off the audience the energy of the audience right I mean you know you're you know this better than anybody and and doing it on zoom doing even doing cooking classes or different you know talks or doing interactions on zoom it's not the same you're not interacting in the same way as you are with a live audience and certainly not in theater right in in improv and that sort of physical comedy doesn't translate to to zoom as well to this I, I have watched one comedy show on zoom and I did find myself laughing. It was pretty early yeah. days. It probably would have been May or June of last year. Yeah. And I did find myself laughing. But it was great because the other, the other comics on, the, on whatever the format was were laughing at their friend doing comedy. Yeah. So I feel like it was all these guys. I think there was like 10 people on the, the particular one that I watched. And they all had notepads. I loved it. And they were literally, oh, here's one, here's one. And they're flipping through with wetting their finger, going to the next page and just trying out new work. Amazing. Um, which is great. I, I wrote a record during this pandemic. I'm just having it mixed now, but I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever written music like this in my life. I did quite a bit of it with Russell Broom. We, we wrote a lot of songs, but we recorded 10 of them. Uh, Bob Rock, he and I wrote over Zoom. He was in Maui. I was here. And it somehow worked. And the 16 songs that I've recorded are, I think, some of the best things I've done in my life. And it wouldn't have happened had it not been for COVID. So we're going to talk about some positive good things. When we come back, you're listening to the Jan Arden Show and Podcast. 
Julie Van Rosendahl, Adam Karsh. Don't go away. We're recording Julie Van Rosendahl, so be careful what you're talking about. Don't be talking about plucking chin hairs in your car because people will, <laughs> people are going to hear it. Oh, sorry, are we on? Is yeah, this we're on? Yeah. Um, once again, I had to stop Adam. So we were talking about, just before we went into break, I watched a comedy show. Julie was talking about her son attempting, was it your son attempting loose moose stuff? Yeah, he virtual. used to do improv. Virtual. Yeah. But he used to do it in person. Okay. Exactly. So Adam, during the break, he jumped in. And this is an interesting topic because these are things that people have been doing virtually that we never thought would happen. So Adam, tell the people what you did with your wife, which sounds super fun to me. My wife's cousin organized a Zoom murder mystery through a company. So this company... Let's I'm tell gonna, the people who the company... Well, let's give them a shout right out. Now. We're not even going to charge them. MurderMysteryZoomParty.com. We had the best... I wonder how they thought that up. Yeah, right? What a stretch. <laughs> it was about two hours. Highly organized. Great content. You actually had a host. Like, you joined the Zoom meeting, and there was a host in character leading you through the, the, the story. All of the participants, there was, like, about 12 of us. Everyone was given a character. My character, I'm reading the email... Earl E. Demise, because it was like an old, an old timey murder mystery. And they tell you a story and then they're, and then they share a link through the Zoom. Okay, watch this video. So it gives more context and everyone has oh, to read from a script. That sounds really it, fun. I, going into it, I'm like, well, how are we going to do this? Like, how do you do a murder mystery online? It was the greatest two hour Zoom call, aside from our recordings, that yeah, I, that I've had in say. a year. See, I saved myself. It was so much fun and everyone was just that and you wore costumes or little props and you had to like read a script everyone was drinking it was so much fun it was the best thing well i think the uh, we have seen so many interesting formats or activities that have been brought to zoom i know julie i want you to talk to us a little mm. bit about some of these cooking classes and just walk us through how that has worked and what kind of response you've had from people and all of that. Oh, yeah. I've been doing virtual cooking classes on Zoom uh, because obviously we can't do them in real life anymore. Um, but it, it's been really cool to see families joining from across the country. You know, people are still looking for special things to do for birthdays, for anniversaries, you know, just for a regular Friday night. And, uh, and so cooking classes kind of push people out of their comfort zone. So I've, I've done some myself. I've uh, gone to, uh, to restaurant kitchens while they're closed and worked with chefs and had them cook something and, you know, and have all the, the proceeds go to the restaurants. The restaurants, oh, as you that's, know, yeah. are just, you know, are just and such having such a hard time. So for the restaurant, it was called cook, cook, like cook with a chef, uh, as the series is called, is called, um, and $50, 50 spots, $2,500. So many of the chefs said, this is more than we're taking home in a month. And they don't have overhead, oh you know, they don't have the food costs. Uh, it takes a couple hours. I go with my gear, all the gear that I've sort of accumulated to do my own 
Zoom sessions at home. So uh, no, we, we all have ring lights now. Exactly. The ring lights, the little, you know, the little camera on top of my tripod and, and do this really kind of, you know, in the kitchen interactive, they can see people in their kitchens on zoom. So people at home are like, Oh, look at my, look at my pastry. Is it too dry? Look at my, you know, whatever it is I'm making, getting feedback from the chefs, which is really fun. And now is that code for something? Look at my pastry. Is that too dry? (laughs) Listen, Julie, (laughs) There are. That's, that's part of your sex tape, Jan. <laughs> I, I just think it's fascinating that, you know, people are, are able to be at home, get their stuff together, their ingredients, yeah. you know, put their apron on, open up their computer and have you there. Or like you said, there's other, you know, people that you have shone a light on giving cooking classes. I would definitely do that. Well, and they can get their kids involved too, you know, to go to a cooking class at a cooking school is, is pretty pricey, you know, it's $80, $100 more than $100. And, uh, and so people can't always afford to do it or afford to bring their kids. So if you're at home and you have three kids, I have so many people joining classes with their kids and they all cook together and, uh, and you know, then you have something to eat. You have dinner or whatever, pastry <laughs> afterwards, a pie. So well, yeah, it's I, been great. I've um, I've seen a few Broadway shows because once again, another part of the entertainment business, Broadway, when you're looking at all the shows in Vegas, when you're looking at all the shows in Toronto, uh, London, you know, all these huge cities that so much of their tourism is based on these incredible Broadway shows. Yeah. Um, but I've seen cast members that are doing Zoom calls where they're reading all the cast members are on and they're singing the shows and they're doing, I mean, that has been fascinating to me. And I've been meaning to go on to one of those. Um, they've also had, they had like the cast, I think, of The Office reading one of the scripts. They had everybody on there just doing one of the episodes. Amazing. And all the money going to charity, going to Actors' Equity or going to the Broadway Fund or whatever it is. So people are doing incredible things online. And, you know, yeah. obviously there was a ton of musicians early days doing so many free concerts. And then of course, everyone realized that they did indeed need to monetize things because Mm -hmm. once again, going back to what we talked about at the top of the show, we thought this might be 10 weeks. We thought this might be 20 weeks. And, you know, here we are really facing, you know, some, some concerning numbers. Yeah. And, but knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccinations being rolled out anyway, so, so look it up. Maybe there's something, maybe there's, you know, even just Googling uh, activities that you guys can do zoom wise. Mm-hmm. I have another one. Yes. And I think, I think people are also looking for ways they can support artists and restaurants and in, in, you know, a direct and creative ways. So my family, I have two sisters, they have kids, my parents, I feel really terrible for they're having a hard time being uh, not being able to see us. There's a game called GeoGuessr. G-E-O-G-U-E-S-S-R.com. And so you can do it interactively on Zoom. Everyone gets on their computers. You get dropped by uh, Google, you know, like the Google pin or like the little person. You get get dropped somewhere in the world and you have to figure out where you are. So it's interactive. You can do it with, you know, all ages. All the kids are involved. You're looking at like road signs. You're looking at, you know, the trees and the, the terroir. You're looking at the buildings. It's so fun. 
And, uh, and so my, my family, we've all been doing that game uh, virtually and it's, it's, I've been you know, playing that game all my life with the GPS. Where in the car. am I? Where am I? Like, I, 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 I love it that you yes. can have a that you can have a game like that that really gets everybody going. I do miss playing board games. I miss playing cards. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, some of my pals in. in um, every time we get together, we play freaking bugger rummy. Am I allowed to say that on TV? Oh, we're not on TV, so I don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just playing card games. Yeah. Anyway, we, we're down to our last minute, Adam. Two minutes. minutes. I was going to say, we did uh, another Zoom idea. We did uh, family bingo with uh, my sister's family and my nephews. And you get, I I could find the website for you, but it's an actual bingo generator and you share the screen. So it's like, I, 20, whatever. I love bingo. We play bingo. And and on your phone, there's a, again, a website and and it's like a bingo dabber. So your phone becomes like. No. Yes. So what's that? What's the website of that, Adam? I'll find it and tell you and well, you I'll know, share we'll it put you. it we'll we'll put it on uh, the Jan Arden podcast on Twitter. We'll we will definitely Adam and I will work together between us and we will put up the links on Jan Arden Pod is our Twitter handle, and we will make sure that they go up. So and uh, yeah, so after you listen to us today, you can go and check that out. Um, thanks for being with us. We just want to say a hi to our, our lovely dear friend, Caitlin Green, and Kyle um, at home, and uh, that we're thinking about you guys all the time, and um, can't wait to, to talk to you and, and just, yeah, reconnect. Anyway, we're thinking about you constantly. Just know that. You guys, thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, be kind thank to each you. other. Let's uh, get your phones out and, you know, film hey. people... Hugging? No, I was gonna say that's that's not a good thing to film people hugging. <laughs> oh right, not yet. Damn it! <laughs> hugging trees, hugging <laughs> yourself. They say hugging, hugging trees is very good from you, good for you. Sorry, yeah, and that a tree knows it's being hugged, which really yeah. almost breaks my heart. Oh wow! Great book suggestions just as we go out. Braiding sweetgrass and the Richard Powers book called the overstory you have to read it anyways jan arden podcast julie van rosendahl adam parsh totally do this podcast is distributed by the women in media podcast network find out more at womeninmedia.network